Join Capital Group CEO Mike Gitlin for a new monthly edition of the Capital Ideas Podcast. It's your look inside one of the world's largest asset managers. Subscribe wherever you get your podcasts. Invest 30 minutes today. American Funds Distributors, Inc. The countdown has begun. From May 14th to 16th, a thousand global leaders will gather in Doha for the Carter Economic Forum powered by Bloomberg. Join heads of state, influential ministers and leading CEOs to make new connections, gain unique insights and uncover valuable opportunities in one of the world's most rapidly rising regions. Request your invite for this exclusive event at QatarEconomicForum.com. Good morning, I'm Brian Curtis. And I'm Doug Krisner. Here are the stories we're following today. Now in the top stories... China has told its state-owned banks to boost support for the yuan, the Chinese currency. Bloomberg's Joanne Wong has the story from Hong Kong. The request came as the yuan fell toward 7.35 per dollar. China is now in a push to prevent a surge in yuan volatility. Senior officials are also considering cutting banks' foreign exchange reserve requirements. And they're checking whether domestic companies helped accelerate yuan declines by conducting speculative trades against it. A sense of gloom has descended on China's markets, even though Beijing sought to bolster sentiment with an interest rate cut. The banks will release their loan prime rates on Monday next week. In Hong Hong Kong, I'm Joanne Wong, Bloomberg Daybreak Asia. Well, China Evergrande Group is seeking Chapter 15 bankruptcy protection in New York. Now, Chapter 15 protects a company's U.S. assets while restructuring arrangements are worked out in foreign jurisdictions. This type of filing is routine in cases involving a restructuring of debt held internationally. Now, Evergrande has been working for months to finalize an offshore debt restructuring plan. Back in April, you may recall, Evergrande disclosed it did not yet have the level of creditor support needed to implement the plan. Now, today's petition here in New York references proceedings being carried out by Evergrande in both Hong Kong and the Cayman Islands. Brian? Chinese police officers went to the homes of people who invested in Zhongzhi's trust unit and told them to avoid public protests. People all the way from uh, from Beijing to Sichuan to Jiangsu received these visits, which they did refer to as cordial. But it's the latest sign that authorities are worried about unrest. Fears of financial contagion have grown since the company Zhongrong International Trust, which is that Zhongzhi unit, missed payments on dozens of high-yield products. This week, a group gathered briefly at the Beijing offices of Zhongrong to demand payment on these financial products. Well, back here in the States, President Biden will host the leaders of Japan and South Korea. This will happen at the Camp David Presidential Retreat. It's in rural Maryland, and that will get underway tomorrow. The president is looking to strengthen ties and open up lines of communications with both countries. We spoke earlier with Bloomberg's Jack Fitzpatrick. North Korea will be uh, on the docket. Uh, Nuclear nonproliferation is something they have said they're going to talk about. Uh, And the latest there is that uh, South Korean experts uh, have told our colleagues that North Korea may actually time the test launch of a missile that can deliver a nuclear warhead to the U.S. mainland to coincide with that summit. That is Bloomberg's Jack Fitzpatrick. By the way, it was back in June that the U.S., Japan and South Korea all agreed to share real time information on North Korean missile launches. And they have since conducted several joint anti-submarine and missile defense exercises. Brian? 
We hear Goldman Sachs, Doug, is planning to hire several hundred new staffers to help address concerns raised by banking supervisors. We get more from Bloomberg's Sridhar Natarajan. Over the past year, we understand that there has been ramped up Fed scrutiny from their banking supervisors that are trying to remediate what they see as lapses. We, of course, know that their consumer business, their credit card practices have been looked at by the CFPB and other government agencies. And we know that the Fed had been asking questions on that. Goldman's hiring spree is notable in a year in which the firm has been shrinking headcount because of a market slowdown. Unclear is what deficiencies Goldman is seeking to address with this. The firm largely abandoned an effort to build out a consumer bank that may have set off some questions from the Fed last year. Well, after the bell here in the States, Applied Materials gave a bullish forecast for the current quarter. We have that story from Bloomberg's Charlie Pellet. Applied is the largest American maker of chip-making machinery, and its forecast indicates that an industry slump may be fading. CEO Gary Dickerson says a shift toward artificial intelligence computing and the rise of Internet-connected devices are helping bolster results. Applied Materials said fiscal fourth-quarter sales will be about $6.51 billion. That compares with an average analyst estimate of $5.88 billion. In New York, Charlie Pellet, Bloomberg, Daybreak Asia. And shares in applied materials right now higher by more than 2% in late U.S. trading. Brian? So what struck me as interesting about that, uh, hence my tongue-in-cheek comment about dazzling you with some brilliance, uh, <laughs> is that this, you know, we've had a lot of companies, actually, who've had pretty solid earnings and the stocks have traded down. Uh, but it's different with applied materials, I think, simply because the time went on and this stock sold down from the 150s down to the 130s to the point where the valuation was at a point where when investors got a beat right across the board, they decided to to go in there and buy it. So you had that move up, as you just mentioned, 2.1 uh, percent. So it's interesting if you think that a lot of the correction that we're seeing at the moment is really due to valuations. Very interesting day in the bond market. And I wanted to talk a little bit more about one of the things that may have been functioning today as it relates to weak foreign currencies, particularly the Chinese yuan. As uh, we heard earlier, the yuan weakened overnight to seven spot three five against the greenback. That's when we were told Chinese authorities gave instruction to some state-owned banks to step up their intervention. Now, it's reasonable to assume that a few of those banks sold some U.S. dollar assets, long-dated U.S. treasuries as an example, to raise funds in order to buy the Chinese currency. And that, Brian, I think, may have been one of the reasons that we saw a little bit of weakness at the long end today. Yeah, and it's interesting that China would be selling U.S. Treasuries. We had reported that that had been the case in this latest round and that Japan had upped its amount of Treasuries, but China had sold. Uh, so there's definitely a lot of nervousness there. And I think, as you mentioned, uh, right now we've got the offshore Chinese currency at 730.40, so strengthening considerably. Very interesting stories out of China. I mean, we mentioned that people said that police officers came to their homes and paid a cordial visit. But we know in China, when police officers uh, go to your home and tell you uh, don't go out to public protests, uh, people get the message. Uh, whether or not they consider the visit cordial or not. Another interesting point, sources telling us that Tyson Foods, the biggest U.S. meat company, is looking at options, including selling its China business. Interesting process. Looking forward right. to next week, right, with those uh, loan prime rate cuts? Yep, on Monday. Very interesting indeed. We'll see. Most likely they'll follow um, what we saw from the PBOC earlier. It's not always a slam dunk, but I think that's what we expect. Now it's time for Global News. 
Questions mounting here over why Maui's warning siren system did not sound when the Maui wildfires broke out. Ed Baxter with Global News in the 960 Newsroom in San Francisco. Ed? Yeah, that's right, Brian. Officials are saying that uh, they were not designed for fires, but for tsunamis and that instructions are to flee to higher ground. They say uh, the officials do that that would have had people running toward the flames. The attorney general is dubious in investigating as well as recounts that some of the alarms are broken anyway. There's been no official cause released for those fires, but from the beginning there's been concern that it could have been down power lines. Bob Marshall, CEO of Whisker, La BS uh, Power Monitoring System, says uh, that new video shows little doubt about what happened. There is molten metal and sparks falling down to the ground, so if you've got dry grass and, and fuel underneath, that's what sparks the fire. Yeah, Hawaiian Electric is not commenting. There are now 30 FEMA K-9 teams searching through the rubble of the Lahaina Town fire, and Governor Josh Green says a slow, painful process. One individual by one individual, uh, it makes us, um, like I said, heartbroken. And President Biden has uh, made his most visible comments about the fires today. Already, from the darkness and the smoke and the ash, We've seen the light of hope and strength. First responders working around the clock. Many of those first responders are impacted by the fires themselves, losing their own homes. Volunteers delivering aid by fishing boat, ferry, on jet skis. He is going to be there on Monday. With President Biden hosting the leaders of Japan and South Korea tomorrow and North Korea being a prime topic for conversation, it is one of the major topics and was the topic of conversation today at the U.N. Uh, Security Council. Uh, human Rights Chief Volker Turk telling the council human rights are very much being abused. The people of the DPRK have endured periods of severe economic difficulty and at other times re- severe repression of their rights. Currently, they appear to be suffering both. Turk says people are becoming increasingly desperate. Los Angeles area has put together a task force made up of Los Angeles police, L.A. County Sheriff's Office, Burbank, and Glendale Police Departments to crack down on retail theft. The flash mobs hit luxury stores. They're in and out. L.A. Mayor Karen Bass. To Angelinos, our message is clear. Those who commit these crimes will be caught They will be held accountable, and we will work to address this issue. And L.A. County Sheriff Robert Luna says it will be multifaceted. We're not only focused on the individuals who are walking into these stores uh, and committing the crimes that we see on video, uh, but if you are supporting them logistically, either by uh, being a driver, uh, uh, harboring them, uh, buying merchandise, selling merchandise, you're in this chain. Yeah, the task force says it has to stop. Global News, powered by more than 2,700 journalists and analysts in over 120 countries in San Francisco. I'm Ed Baxter, and this is Bloomberg. The Capital Ideas Podcast now has a new monthly edition hosted by Capital Group CEO Mike Gitlin. Investment professionals reveal their best mentors, how they find their next great idea, and a few funny stories. Subscribe wherever you get your podcasts. American Funds Distributors, Inc. The countdown has begun. From May 14th to 16th, a thousand global leaders will gather in Doha for the Carter Economic Forum powered by Bloomberg. Join heads of state, influential ministers and leading CEOs to make new connections, gain unique insights and uncover valuable opportunities in one of the world's most rapidly rising regions. Request your invite for this exclusive event at CarterEconomicForum.com. 
This is Bloomberg Daybreak Asia. I'm Brian Curtis in Hong Kong, along with Vonnie Quinn in New York. Our guest is Joy Young, head of product management, market vector indexes. Joy, thank you for taking out the time to be with us. So we've seen this repricing in the bond market, but yields have gone up a lot more at the long end than they have at the short end, which might suggest that investors don't really see a lot of big changes coming to Fed policy. Hence, is this correction that we're seeing in the stock market, is that more more about valuations than perhaps fears about um, sharply higher interest rates from the Fed? I think interesting question because we look across markets and we see equity markets are also down. So I think, you know, it could be that people are just now sensitive. We thought August was going to be quiet, um, but it hasn't turned out that way. You know, when we look at where we came from at the beginning of the year, you know, we were looking at very divergent opinions with the market trying to price in both rate hikes and rate cuts. And the VIX, the measure of fear and uncertainty in the markets, was quite high above 25 We got to July and we thought we were getting confident, building consensus. Everybody thought uh, rate hikes were nearing the end. Um, Markets were optimistic. And then we're here in August reading the Fed minutes. And now we've had kind of a reversal of opinion because the Fed is saying that, you know, inflation is not over. Um, There is still um, a risk of inflation. So we're we may be looking at more interest rate hikes. So I don't think this is just repricing. I think there is, you know, general, you know, kind of fear again back in the markets with the VIX crawling back up, equity markets down. Um, the bond market is still inverted yield. So I think that's looking quite um, fragile still. Mm. Joy, are we shaping up for some kind of perfect storm with everything that's happening in China as well? It seems like everything is coming to a head right now. It's interesting because I think we do need to look around the world, not just focus on the U.S. market. We're seeing this fragility in the Chinese market. Um the you know kind of reawakening hasn't happened and we're looking at really like numbers coming out every day that don't look good and we look across to the UK markets you know we're seeing inflation has reared its head again labor markets are quite strong so those are indicators of what may be happening or spreading across the world well the vix at 17 isn't all that high uh, historically and a 5% correction in in stocks is not a huge amount. Uh, but it seems like, uh, you know, for a lot of investors, they, they see the kind of growth that you get from the Atlanta GDP now and, you know, seeing some of the data well supported uh, for the economy. They, they, they're not that nervous. Uh, but I you say they also, should be. You know, but I think, you know, this is where I think we also need to look beyond the headlines, beyond aggregate market numbers and look, you know, kind of um, below you know, look into the details. And we know that this is a market that's been led by just a few, you know, big macro tech stocks. You know, we've been calling them the Magnificent Seven, and they've been slowly reducing to maybe just the Magnificent One with NVIDIA. But, you know, if you look at what's happened since May, semiconductors have been flat. Oil, you know, is up 30%. Oil uh, service companies, whereas you know at the beginning of the year, oil service companies were down and semiconductors were up almost fifty percent. So I think we're seeing this rotation, and it may be masked on the high level um, aggregate number. 
So Joy, at Market Vector, you publish once a month the best performing indexes and, you know, perhaps unsurprisingly in July, it was things like bond indexes and digital assets indexes. How does that flip for August and September, given that we saw Bitcoin in the $25,000 range today? Yeah, so I mean, Bitcoin has, you know, kind of um, fallen back again, but I think, you know, we still have this application process with Spot Bitcoin ETF in the filing. And, you know, that's a big, that's going to be a, you know, big opening for Bitcoin should it be passed. And I think just being filed, you know, is an indication that institutions are looking at this space and that but you know, so many have been rejected and so many are still yeah, filed. Uh, but I think this is, you know, this may be, you know, a long term um, process, but I think it's showing that we're, you know, people are looking at the space and that they're giving it credibility and that there are different investors coming in to um, give it a diverse, you know, kind of market. Joy, you're sounding pretty cautious here. So are you somewhere between a soft landing and a hard landing? Or do you actually believe we will get that uh, sort of full-blown recession? I think investors should be cautious, always cautious. Um, so I think um, if you look at what's happening with banks, you know, we also do follow top 10 banks. You know, should rates um, hold for longer, higher, then that's going to spill over to credit risk. It's going to spill over to default risk. It's going to spill over to refinancing risk. So we're looking at banks, we're looking at REITs, you know, and those haven't been um, moving up at all and they've been moving down. So where are the flows into your indexes? Well, um, semiconductors year to date um, are still strong. Um, but, you know, I think investors shouldn't be chasing flows. They should really be thinking about their macro views and really either being diversified or being nimble. And ETFs are a good structure, but some of those flows may be moving very quickly. And that's the point. They're liquid instruments. So they are good tools for investors to use in this uh, in this environment. How about emerging markets? It seems like with China, all that's going on there, that that would be dragging them down. Uh, and I note that EEM has been down pretty solidly here for the past two weeks. Overall, what's your thoughts on emerging yeah, it's markets? Interesting, because um, we have a Vietnam uh, index as well as uh, India index, and those have been uh, pretty strong as well as Brazil. So we're seeing that, you know, you know, although China will have a significant impact on emerging markets overall, that these individual markets have been quite resilient and um, may be prepared for divergent performance. What's the number one question you get asked by clients these days? <laughs> Good question. But, you know, we're getting a lot of digital asset interest. Yeah. So um, people are asking about um, how to think about price in this market. And, you know, that's one of the big concerns for the uh, SEC filings is, you know, how do we think about uh, uh, rigorous pricing um, with a market that's so fragmented with so many exchanges, you know. You know, we've only got about 40 seconds left, so perhaps the final question about where yields are heading, uh, particularly at the short end. We haven't seen, you know, such a big bounce in the two-year yield. Where do you see that, say, over the next six months? Yeah, so I don't have a crystal ball here, but, you know, I think um, investors should be prepared for more volatility um, <laughs> in both the bond market and the equity market. This is Bloomberg Daybreak Asia, your morning brief on the stories making news from Hong Kong to Singapore and Wall Street. 
Look for us on your podcast feed every day on Apple, Spotify, and anywhere else you get your podcast. You can also listen live each day on Bloomberg 1130 in New York, Bloomberg 991 in Washington, Bloomberg 1061 in Boston, and Bloomberg 960 in San Francisco. Our flagship New York station is also available on your Amazon Alexa devices. Just say, Alexa, play Bloomberg 1130. Plus, listen coast to coast on the Bloomberg Business app, Sirius XM Channel 119, the iHeartRadio app, and on Bloomberg.com. I'm Brian Curtis. And I'm Doug Krisner. Join us again tomorrow for all the news you need to start your day right here on Bloomberg Daybreak Asia. Collaborate for a greener future at the Bloomberg Green Festival, a groundbreaking celebration of the thinkers, doers, and innovators leading the way. From design and culture to technology, science, and entertainment. Hear from inspirational speakers and immerse yourself in climate solutions, July 10th through 13th in Seattle. Title sponsor, Amazon. Official airline, Alaska Airlines. Get 20% off using promo code RADIO20 at BloombergLive.com slash Green Festival.